הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שתורנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר הקדוש משבר עצמה ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו למנחן ובמקור חוכמה רבנו נחן פגי בן שמחה נא נח נחמן נחמן אומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן ברוך השם we continue in שיחה קנ"א in conversation 151 in שיחות הר"ן continuing on the subject of the seven baggage the שבעה בטנרס Let's continue a little bit. Let's see what Rabbi Natan says. Today we're going to speak about the greatness of this story. The greatness of all the stories that Rabbi Natan told and how great they are by the way in which they were told. We're going to see what that means right now. Afterwards on Tuesday, this was close to Pesach. And Rabbi Natan left his, his own house. <coughs> Sorry, the, best of, the Rebbe left his own house because it was close to Pesach and his house was being plastered for the honor of Pesach. And he entered the house of, uh, of the Rav of Breslev. Uh, the Rabbi, I believe, is uh, Rabbi Aaron of Breslev, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he entered Rabbi Aaron's house. And there all the students stood before Rabbeinu. And I do not remember what they told, what subject they spoke about before Rabbeinu. That had some sort of connection or relation to the subject that is mentioned within Lesson 6, or, or the sixth day of the story of the seven beggars. That has to do with the sixth beggar. I don't remember what we were talking about that was random, that had to do with this, because as we know, most of the story, the way Rabbeinu told the story, was that a conversation was being told, and the conversation had exactly to do with the day, and then Rabbeinu, out of compassion, gave off the day of the story. But Rabbi Natan said, I don't remember what we were talking about, um, that led us off into the discussion of the sixth day. And through that, Rabbeinu then told the entire story of the sixth day, because of that discussion. And then afterwards, uh, another anecdote was told relating to the story of the se- seventh day as was discussed earlier. Um, this Inyan that uh, we know Rabenu <coughs> um, was speaking about uh, that uh, discussion was spoke, speaking about the seventh day and then Rabenu responded to that idea saying, wow, people are, it seems that people are already telling the sto- my story of the seventh day but um, Rabenu never told it and then later on the way from Breslev to Uman um, however much later not too long later, uh, Rabbeinu said that uh, that it will never be told until coming to Mashiach. So that's what we're talking about. And we're saying that this was close to Pesach. We just mentioned above. Um, and according to my knowledge, Rabbeinu is hinting about the secret intention of the or the secret of what happened at the Kriyat Yamsu, the splitting of the Red Sea. And that has to do with the connection between the ten walls that are mentioned, the ten walls of water mentioned in the story of the sixth day that has to do with the water castle, the princess escaping into the water castle, the ten types of walls, all this stuff. Um, Rabbi Natan saying that these walls have to, these ten types of walls of water have to do with the Kiyat Yamsuf, in my opinion. And uh, Rabbi Natan says, look in the Kotelachot and Yoredeya, in Ilchotolaim, over there. You're going to see um, what he writes about um, uh, the halachot of worms, Turaim. But it's mentioned over there, Rabbi Natan explains this entire subject. Rabbi Natan says, over there we can explain the matter. Over there the subject is explained 
in the way that Hashemit Bach illuminated my eyes within this concept. Rabbi Natan saying essentially that he notes the connection between Kiyat Yamsuf and, um, <coughs> and the ten walls of water mentioned in the, six, the sixth day of the seven beggars. Haklal, the main idea is this. Shebechol Maaseh that within every story that Rabbeinu told, the way the story was told, the way the story was brought down was through some sort of conversation that we were discussing. Random conversation. Just a random conversation in the world. A, a conversation that didn't seem relevant to the Torah at all. And as this was happening, then Rabbeinu began to tell the story by the fact that he found within our words this concept of the story and how those, those words were related to the story. Essentially, every story Rabbeinu told always had a connection to the conversation that preceded it. And the way Rabbeinu told the story was always in connection to what people were speaking about. Everything was so, uh, everything was so practical to what was happening in the moment. It was like, it, it's a, it was awesome. There's no words to describe this. This is what we call, this is what we describe as the lower awakening. The lower awakening which awakens something from up above, a gift from up above, to draw down these godly perceptions that were enclosed within that story. Essentially, Rabenu was drawing down these stories, um, hiding tremendous godly, godly perception. These parables were told, hiding the greatest secrets of Torah um, as a way of uh, lower awakening, make us read the story, and then by awakening, by reading the story, we awaken that uh, those secrets and stuff like this. Very deep stuff, of course, <clears throat> and it all happened through casual conversation. And this was true of every single story. And this also was true with many Torah lessons that Rabenu revealed at a time whenever the gathering wasn't uh, at, at a time. Uh, that was aside from the set gathering. Meaning Rabenu had times when he told the students to come by him. Special set times. When he used to travel and special set times when people used to come to him. And those set times were reserved for Torah lessons. But there were times when Rabenu gave certain lessons or stories outside those times. And these were very, we could see the Ashkachah of Hashem we could see the divine providence of Hashem very clearly with regard to those and how they were all hinted to in the conversations that were happening at that time and what was happening in that moment. And all this we see, all of this we saw constantly, the great wonders of Hashem and the great level of the, of the tzaddik. That all the words of the world, all the conversations of the world, that for the tzaddik, they are considered a Torah, they are considered a godly revelation. The tzaddik is able to find Hashem within every single conversation, even that which seems random. But even more so, we saw this specifically with the seventh story, this awesome story, known as the seven beggars, which possesses novelties, wonders, awesome and exalted concepts that have no end. As the one who understands can understand a little bit on his own. If he puts his heart into them, with a true eye. To understand and to grow intelligent about the awesome and holy uh, splendor of each and every one of those uh, beggars that is mentioned within each and every story, each and every day. 
We know the, the power of each and every person mentioned within each and every day. Not even the blind beggar. Not, but the people mentioned within the story of the blind beggar. Look over there for what I mean. That each and every person takes pride over the fact that he remembers so much, etc. And the blind beggar is just one of them that it remembers the most. But to look at all these great tzaddikim, all these great levels that we're talking about there. And specifically we're talking about the great holiness and the awesome pride which these seven beggars take in the fact that they themselves, um, um, what do you call that they are that they are so lofty in these concepts that we're going to mention. That, they, that we extol them Every, in each and every one of the day of these stories that uh, we explain how the beggar is, uh, takes pride in a certain thing and that he specializes in this thing. That the blind person took pride in the fact that he had no vision for this world at all. And this is why he's blind completely from this world because he doesn't look at anything that is gashmiut, anything that's physical for this world, anything temporary. Everything he looks at is for the world to come. For the future. And so to the deaf person. That the deaf person doesn't hear a single voice from this world. Not a single blemished voice. And this is why he is deaf. He does not want to hear anything that is blemished. This is why the person is deaf. We see here each and every beggar takes is so awesome in his level. And uh, we can imagine what we're talking about here. If a person looks at this, he'll be inspired. He'll be his hair will stand on end. And this is true of every single word within this story. That all of these words are awesome novelties. Even according to our very low intellect. Even though we do not understand them at all. And all these revelations. All this happened through the conversations that were taking place, that were random of the world, that were just happening like this. Rabban was saying, all these stories, the secret of the seven beggars, and each and every day, was specifically brought down from a random conversation that was happening at that time. That the students were take, talking to Rabbeinu, and were speaking about this random thing, and maybe the news of this country, and this, and then Rabbeinu started speaking, and telling the story. And it shows us the hashkacha pratit of every single thing. How God is within every single thing. That everything was, all these stories took place because of the fact of us, of uh, people were telling random, uh, were, people were having conversations randomly about what was going on in the world. And it was through this that Rabenu or that Hashemit Bach saw fit that from this would come down, would, uh, what do you call it? That Rabenu would later draw down the story uh, because Rabenu had compassion on us. So much compassion and so much um, pity on us that He revealed to us such a story that uh, would be good for us, for our children, and for our future descendants forever and ever. Rabbeinu declared and He said, with regard to the subject of these stories, Rabbeinu spoke about these stories, and He said like this, Rabbeinu said, it's better not even to mention any sort of hint any sort of mere hint or, 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 or a little small secret that has to do with these stories. Better it would have been not to mention anything and what is connected to these stories and how these stories hint to this and the Torah and this and this. Because when the matter is hidden, you can accomplish much more 
what you um, you can accomplish what you need to do much more with much greater success than if you reveal the hints of the story. It's better for the neshama, whatever it is. But Rabenu said that he was forced to reveal any sort of hint that had to do with to show us the depth of the story. To teach us that this story had so many secrets. Rabenu, the only reason why I revealed the secrets was to tell us that they're so deep, so that we, so that we study them, so that we look at them, so we just read them even. But Rabenu said, better even not hint, show uh, show how they're connected to this and that, and show any hints and and other Torah subjects within these stories because they're so infinitely deep. We're able to accomplish much more by not even revealing anything. So. We can see here how great it is that Rabban was saying that even a commenter in the story is not even, it's not even, it's not even good. Um, the Rabbi Nachman Micherin, one of the students of Rabbi Nathan, wrote a, a little book on um, some of the ideas he collected about Sipo Masyot and um, on some of the stories that he brings certain ideas and Torah and connects certain things in Rabbanu's Torah. Beautiful sefer. It's called Rimze Masyot, the hints of the Masyot of the stories. And he called it Rimze Matziot, the hints of the stories, because it's not even a perush, not even a commentary. Rabenu said that there's no such thing as a commentary in Sipo Matziot, because uh, it's infinitely deep. So it's just a few hints. We're just mentioning a few hints here and there. And that's why uh, Rabbi Nachman Micharin called it Rimze Matziot, the hints of these stories. So what we're essentially doing is just hinting to certain other concepts that are hidden within the story that might uh, bring light to certain Torah subjects or whatever, this and that. But... It's infinitely deep. So, may we have the merit to study these stories, especially the seven beggars, and to apply in simplicity the simple Abadat Hashem that is hidden over there. That's it for today. Next podcast, we'll start with Kufnun Bet.